Well, hello, White Sox fans, and welcome to another edition of White Sox Daily Live. My name is Ian Eskridge. I'm here with my co-host, the Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? Uh, doing well, man. You know, uh, got to spend a few days away from the J-O-B last week and uh, went and uh, took a trip up to a lovely South Haven, Michigan for a uh, 24 Hours of Lemons endurance season or endurance racing uh race so yeah man uh was good good to be back out on the track after about a year and a half or so close to two years hiatus after dealing with a bunch of uh car problems and uh you know spent some time with some of my uh bestest buds and got to uh drive around for hours and hours and hours at end uh it was absolutely glorious man so you know, we put up a good showing after being bumped up in class for no specific reason other than they felt like it. <laughs> so, you know, we weren't uh, we weren't pleased with that move, but it turns out that uh, maybe they got it right because uh, we had one of our best showings ever. And uh, even after some uh, technical difficulties, we got the car out on the track after about an hour of fighting with it, you know, into the race first thing Saturday morning. But that's the thing when you race for 15 hours over a course of a weekend. It's it's endurance racing, so you get some chances to, uh, you know, make up some time, and uh, we did. So that was uh, pretty awesome. How are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. You know, can't complain. Um, you know, uh, just grinding away at this uh, baseball season here uh, for the boy. And, um, you know, that's pretty much about it. I can't, uh, can't complain about much of anything and, uh, you know, everything's going fairly decent other than, uh, this abomination of a White Sox team that I am blessed to watch. Um, it's just, uh, it, you know, uh, White Sox are in Game 2 of the Ranger Series right now, for those of you that are listening in podcast form. And uh, Keenan Middleton just gave up a couple of runs, and the score is now tied. And, you know, there's one out in the seventh. Uh, Santos just got a force out at home. And, um, you know, it's just one thing after another. And we were talking about, you know, this off stream before this started. You know, it, it's just, it's, it's nonstop. If you've got everybody on the team playing well, the guy that you bring in from the bullpen could have not given up a run in a month and a half. And if the game is on the line, that guy's going to give up some runs. <laughs> I mean, clockwork. It's <sighs> clockwork. I mean, this team seemingly finds new ways to lose on an almost nightly basis. It is extremely frustrating. And as positive as we have remained, mm. and again, I'll say it, you know, they're still not out of it in the division, you know, but How sad uh, is that? I, I mean, this is some of the most disgusting baseball that I have ever watched in my life to be told. You know, and again, we've talked about this over and over again, ad nauseum. You know, I feel like I'm just 
regurgitating the same garbage here, but you know, we've been told for years that the, you know, as of 2020, the, the, the championship window was starting to open and now here we are in 2023 and it's just miserable season after miserable season. And I, I am beyond words at sometimes, you know, it is just, it's excruciating. Luckily you're not. Cause we're doing a podcast and a stream. So the yeah, well, luckily you for you, words. yeah, you know, luckily for you, you don't have a, a co-host that uh, has an off switch. So, yeah, uh, actually, I shouldn't say luckily because unfortunately, I do tend to step on you too. Yeah, it's all right. You told me I like to talk. Hey, I'm glad that you're not catatonic. That makes things work out a little bit better. <laughs> um, Can I do a little weekend in Bernie's impression. <laughs> you know, here on the, on the yeah. Show? Um. So let's go ahead and uh, talk about the last week or so here. Well, not week, I guess, but last five or six days here of White Sox baseball. Um, I don't want to talk about most of it. I just, you know, I just want to bring up the Lance Lynn game. Okay. And I mean, it it pretty Uh, much the opportunity to see it because, you know, like I said, I was at the racetrack. I know. And that's basically what I was going to say was I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I was spared from the disappointment of viewing those games live. Uh, I did catch, you know, a handful of, uh, tweets and highlights here and there, but it's a great thing about being in unincorporated South Haven, Michigan is Wi-Fi kind of sucks. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I only got sporadic, uh, service, if any, sometimes. So yeah, even the updates were a little slow. <laughs> I mean, you were spared. Um, what you missed was a, an absolute dominant performance by Lance Lynn. And, you know, we've been, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We've been, we've been giving him the business as of late. Um, he went out and I, you know, uh, I chopped up the strikeouts and posted them on our, on our Twitter account. And, um, you know, his cutter and his curveball, everything was was beautiful that day. I mean, so much more movement than than we've been used to seeing all year long. Um, even when he's been, you know, even when he's had a good night, this was above and beyond that. I mean, as evidenced by, you know, tying the White Sox team record of sixteen strikeouts in a game. And, yeah, fantastic uh, stuff. Yeah, and I don't, you know, the one thing I didn't check about the. Um, about that record, I'm almost positive that the guy that had the record threw a complete game to get that. Lance Lynn did not, and it's unfortunate that he did not complete a uh, complete the game with his 16 strikeouts. Uh, Gregory Santos manages to get out of that and leave the score even. Now, I have absolutely zero faith in the offense whatsoever to score any runs, um, but they are tied uh, going into the bottom of the seventh. Um, So Lance Lynn looked wonderful, um, which is, you know, is is a change from what we've been seeing. But um, then (laughs) he he leaves the game, and Reynaldo Lopez comes in. And um Who's been pretty good most of the season, by the way. 
Yeah, for the most part. And uh, Reynaldo just let the floodgates open and, uh, you know, couldn't, again, you know, with the, it doesn't matter what the guy has done all year long. And the fact that, you know, Reynaldo, he has had his issues, yes, um, but he's had some decent outings as well, but not so much lately. That's part of the problem here, you know, but, you know, Pedro puts him in in a, very high leverage spot and he gives away the farm and the white Sox end up losing five to one absolutely zero run support you know the the white Sox, while watching this yeah apparently they got lulled to sleep just like the mariners offense did um, because they only had six hits in the game and managed to claw one run you know i mean you can you can credit you know, the pitching for the Mariners all you want. But, I mean, we've had this conversation, you know, over the last year and, you know, year and a quarter probably, you know, like how much credit do you really want to give to the opposing pitching staff when we watch this over and over and over again and the results are the same regardless of who's pitching? You know? Well, I mean, you and I talked about this before the stream, you know, just tonight looking at this team and watching uh, the White Sox come together and and take a lead here over the Rangers in the, uh, you know, the second half of the game. Only for Keenan Middleton, who has been absolutely outstanding all season long. And I mean, you know, the guy was, he was one of those that was a, you know, a, a question mark that you know a lot of people didn't really know what to expect from him, and he's just been just been hammering away at, at you know on the mound. And I'm, you said it yourself, you you're know, sugarcoating you, you, that because in reality, most people when they saw the Keenan Middleton Keenan Middleton signing were like, who? "What year is it? Why right. are they signing this guy?" Right, and the guy has done nothing but, you know, pretty much nothing but spin shutout innings since right. he's, since he's been brought brought here. And, and you broke it down uh, in a tweet, and uh, it was like clockwork again. You bring in the guy who has been absolutely lights out on fire, and he falls apart. And he loads the bases and he gives up a bunch of runs. And, well, two runs anyway. But uh, and then leaves the game with a bunch of guys on base for somebody else to clean up his mess. And it, it is it, it's unbelievable how you know we go back to the, the Lance Lynn game. It's unbelievable how the exact same thing happened there. The exact same thing happened uh, last weekend against the Marlins, where the Sox are going into the late innings with a with a lead. And you get guys that come in out of the bullpen and absolutely implode. I Aaron Bummer, uh, you know, it, it uh, Kendall Graveman. It's happened to him recently. Who's been, you know, lights out Joe Kelly, who, you know, there's, I, I think it was Jake Huda or somebody recently broke it down. Uh, Joe Kelly's numbers, you know, per inning, uh, his appearances, you know, by inning. And uh, it's kind of safe to say that he probably shouldn't be saving or setting up uh, his numbers. Yeah. No. And he says he doesn't like closing either. So, right. 
But you know, the the, the 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 point still remains. You bring these guys in who have been pretty good in most situ- in, in in the right situations, and the Sox are just kind of flounder. It's mind boggling. Yep, they just can't get you know all facets of the game working at the same time, and when they figure out one. One that's been really good falls apart. Yep. I I'm just gonna throw this out there. You remember the the beginning of the season when they split with the Astros? And we were like I do. All right, you know, here we go. This looks promising. Yeah, two two start to the season, and everybody was like, Hey, this is a a, a decent looking team. The White Sox, since the beginning of June, swept the Tigers and then took two or three from the Yankees. So everybody was like, oh, okay, we're getting ready. We're getting ready to make that run. Since then, they lost two or three to the Marlins, two or three to the Dodgers, two or three to the Mariners. And right now they're tied in the seventh with the Rangers at four, but they lost last night five to two. So this is like almost identical to how the season started. You know? Shocker. Yeah. I mean, you know, fool you once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, fool me three times, I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, it's just like we're just sitting here beating our heads against the wall against the wall and it's the same thing over and over and over again. And I I mean, like I'm with you you know, like we're beating a dead horse here. I mean, clearly this team is going to do nothing but frustrate. And like the unfortunate thing is that the Twins going into today, I haven't seen what they're what's going on with them right now, but they're one game below 500. So the White Sox still have hope. And when Pedro's interviewed, you know, he's like, nobody on this team is worried about this this division. Nice nice drop there. Thank you. That was nice. And then oh, he gets, and then he gets oh, oh, no. he gets Wow, that's going to get reviewed. Um I think so too. Sorry. Sorry but, for getting a yeah, little excited, no. you know. Um you know, got to find something to get excited. Yep, as, as we speak. There they're going they're looking for the uh I mean, review. how could you not? Yeah, um, absolutely. I thought he was out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, how many chances do you want to take in one play? Like they already gave you a, a, a gimme basically on a pop-up and let it fall. And uh, you want to push it. Oh, he might've went around it. It's hard to tell from that angle, but he might've went around the tag. All right. So Boston is crushing anyway. Minnesota 10 to four. So, but you know, just out of dumb luck, because this hey, division is complete and total horse crap. The White Sox still have hope. Pedro Grafal is saying nobody on the team sees this sees this as an unwinnable division. And well, rightfully so. I mean yeah, every garbage team all the way around is terrible. We've got the team with the worst record in baseball in the cellar of the division, which, you know, I mean I'm not saying I'm just saying, you know, like the managerial con, you know, uh, hey, Grimtall, thanks for the resub, my man. 
23 months. Hey, Holy cow. Almost guy. two years. Good night. Um, so, bro. you know, the, the Royals who have the managerial candidate that a lot of people wanted and <laughs> were kind of upset that, that the Royals grabbed him out from under us and what's wrong with our team that we can't get this guy. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that their roster is anywhere close to what Pedro Grifal has got to work with, but, you know, the A's are essentially putting out a, a double-A team on the field, and they're outperforming, you know. The Royals. Well, I mean, I guess I, from what I remember, I think that, you know, as of, you know, yesterday or whatever, the, the Royals had ended up, like, just barely eking by the A's for worst record in baseball, but I mean... Yeah, they're neck and neck, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, the fact that you take the White Sox record and you take out the last place uh, team in every division and the White Sox are still in last place to replace the last place team in each division, um, I mean, that tells you where this team's at. And you you got Lucas Giolito on um, the... Chuck podcast talking about how he wants to win and he doesn't understand why things aren't going right and that it's a you know a difficult thing to figure out why things aren't happening and you know it's just one of those things you know like we watch this day in and day out you know we get away from it when we're when we are blessed enough to have something else going on so we don't have to subject ourselves to it but if the hitting is going and the pitching's going, okay, fine. But that almost never happens. And uh, if the game's anywhere close, this team's doomed. You know, it's well, and that's the thing. If you get hitting and pitching, then the defense is going to find a way to fall apart. You know, I it, I don't get it either, honestly. You're, there's no one place to go and look and point a finger. That's the problem. There are so many uh, levels of inconsistency throughout, through, through and through, basically. You know, you can look throughout the organization. The one thing I will say is this team is terrible, terrible at situational hitting, absolutely putrid. Uh, we leave guys on base way too often, and the chase rate is absolute garbage. They don't walk, you know. And I get, you know, early in the season, we we, we heard them talk about being more aggressive early in counts because that's what you know analytics was telling us that the White Sox were taking a lot of first pitch strikes, and some of the best pitches they were going to see in at bats were early in those pitch sequences. And you know, sure, be aggressive in that time. But now let's take a look at, you know, you have to continually be adjusting to what you're facing. And you kind of have to look at a history of a pitcher or a team or a manager's decisions for the opposing team. And I feel like the White Sox just don't do that. They don't make adjustments. They just go out there and they they get focused on one thing and they get good at that one thing. And everybody goes, okay, we're going to change our approach. And the White Sox do not. And I don't know if that's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's a player thing. You know, we've been kind of easy on these guys 
for the better part of the last two seasons, you know, going back to the middle of 2021. Now here we are in the middle of 2023. And, uh, you know, we didn't, we don't really like to poo poo on the players around here, but I gotta be honest with you. These dudes need to take some heat. You know, everybody and their brother has been, been talking bad about them and maybe we're a little bit late to the, uh, to the charge there, but these guys are professionals. And if you can't figure out something, if if you don't like the way the coaching staff is handling things, why isn't the team having their own little players meetings and sitting down and getting together and trying to figure this thing out on their own? Because these guys are pros. You want to win? Figure out what the hell it is you need to do. Earn that money you're making. Earn that next contract. Now, everybody on this team, there's a couple of guys. I shouldn't say everybody, but there's a handful of players on this team. That, you know, we know Lucas Giolito the last two seasons. You know, now we hear Tim Anderson talking about it. But some of these guys were are hoping for big paydays coming up here. Mm-hmm. But you haven't done anything to earn them. So what exactly is it that you're doing? And, and why is it that you feel like you deserve those paydays? Yep. So, Just want to, uh, I don't know. Bring up these uh, messages from Grimtall. Um, this highlighted message. Uh, says <laughs> this team sucks, <laughs> and uh, in response to uh, your your latest uh, couple minutes here, uh, they're quitters and defeatists, and uh, you know I can't necessarily uh, disagree. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to figure out like exactly what the well, like how how all this stuff is happening, and how exactly this team just continues to flounder. And it, the thing is, is like it might be that they're that every single one of them is pushing and doesn't trust the person behind them or in front of them to get the job done. I mean, that could be it. I mean, but I at some point. You know, there's got to be some sort of accountability. And, you know, you've heard that accountability is not a problem um, mm. at uh, 35th and Shields. Um, so much that um, accountability is not a problem. So a national reporter, uh, John Morosi, is on the score the other day and says that Pedro Grafal, if things don't turn around, he's going to be a one and done. There's so much accountability that Rick Hahn immediately took to his uh, homestand presser to say none of the things that are going on right now are Pedro or the staff's fault. And that he is absolutely not in, you know, there's there's no way he's going to lose his job. So... There is that, um, and you know, I, and I'm I'm with him personally. Like, I don't think that the the problem here with this team, I don't think the problem with the team is Pedro. Um, I don't think so either. But that being the case, whose fault is it? Because it has to be either the players. And you have to do something about that and change some things up. Or you have to look in the mirror if you're in the front office and say, 
this is my fault. And, you know, in the press conference, he said, you know, if you want to blame me, go ahead and blame me, but it's not on Pedro. Well, well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, well, you know what, before I bring this up, let's let, let me rewind a little bit here. You know, you bring up the, uh, the John Morosi tweet or, you know, quote or whatever it is about Pedro and Rick Hahn coming to his defense. But uh, I think it was the following day that uh, Bob Nightingale comes out. Oh, it was out. the day before. It was the day before. Oh, it was yeah. the day before. Yeah. Okay. I, I knew it, they were one one or the other. Uh, Bob Nightingale comes out and says that, uh, you know, it's been said to others. Not exactly to him, but he's heard it through the grapevine that some of these players have not expressed this to the team, but have expressed it to others, other players, other organizations. I don't know. He wasn't real specific that uh, some of the veterans really want to be traded away. Now, here's my thoughts on that. If that is the case, and none of, nobody really knows, and nobody seems to be talking about it except for Bob Nightingale, but if that's the case, sounds to me like there's some dissension in that locker room. And when you have that kind of piss-poor attitude, that is something that can be contagious. And you can have some guys who are just not happy. And, you know, baseball is a game of, yeah, you can go out there and do your job every day, but if your mind isn't in the right place, your heart isn't going to show up either. And the will to win, the TWTW, is not going to be there. And if I'm the general manager and I'm hearing and seeing these things, I'm going to have a, a, a Billy Bean moment. And I'm going to go in and I'm going to smash that boom box and tell Jeremy Giambi to sit his ass down. Because, you know, is this fun? Yeah, is this what losing looks fun. like? <laughs> <laughs> right, you know. Uh, sounds to me like somebody needs to go in there and tell these guys, man, the F up. And somebody needs to get in their face and tell them, hey, man, you want to get paid? Guess what? You ain't doing anything to get paid. So even if we do trade you, even if you do hit the free agent market, where do you think you're going to go and what do you think you're going to do? How much money are you going to make? You can piss and moan all you want while you're here, but it ain't going to do you any good until the team starts winning, until you start producing. So shut up and go out and play baseball. Like you know how to play baseball. Quit you know, pissing and moaning. Get out there and do something. Somebody needs a light of fire. I... Maybe it has been said, and these guys just don't give a rat's ass. I don't know. But, Entirely uh, possible. But I don't think – I mean, I, honestly, I don't think that's what it is. Um, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring up uh, the the transactions page yes. of the last <laughs> week. Um, not actually bring it up on, on picture here, but, I mean, I just – I, I want to – talk about a couple of things here um so one thing that happened that was good was that mike clevenger was told that it's right bicep inflammation and that there is no uh you know it's not like a serious uh out for months type of issue which is you know one thing that we had thought when we had first seen it that it, it God, might I be thought he was done Exactly. And it doesn't appear to be that. Um, so that part's good. And so they brought up uh, Jesse Schultons, which is which is cool. He's 
pitched okay, you know. Um, between, uh, you know, like what Jesse Schultons did, you know, you would think that the Sox could have managed to, you know, put like some sort of an effort behind the uh, Tanner Banks, Jesse Schultons, and uh, who was the other guy? Uh, Padilla trio, yeah, Padilla. you know, that uh, that pitched the other day. If they could have put forward like any effort whatsoever, it would have been okay. And, you know, like Nic- Nicholas Padilla, he's had some okay moments in Charlotte. He's had some, you know, some ugly moments in Charlotte, but, you know, whatever. He, he's fine. Um, the White Sox bring up Popeye, Jose Rodriguez, from Double A, and you know, if you look on he was the on a surface, chair, by the way, he was. Uh, he had like a one thirty-seven WRC plus or something like that in the last uh, in the last 16. month. It, yeah, it was like one thirty-two, I think, over the month, and one thirty-seven in the last like sixteen days or whatever. But yeah, the last sixteen games, he was you know a, in beast mode. Yeah, playing really well. Um, they had also brought up, uh, you know, I, sh- I should back the truck up because Zach Remillard got brought up. Hey, Zachy Flat. Yeah. Our very own uh, The Danny Miller's uh, MLB The Show creative player's best friend, Zach Remillard, makes his debut with the White Sox. And in his debut, uh, he... Sets records. He does all the little things. Plays good defense. Uh, ties the game and wins the game. First time ever in history that it's been done since like 1901, since they started taking stats and whatever. No big deal. Um, since then, you know, like the the couple of games after that, you know, were not really uh, standout games for him. But he's he made a really nice base running play tonight and. Uh, Managed to be on base and score run. So, you know, we this, things we know already about Zach Remillard. He's a team player, and he is smart, and he always generally does the right thing. And you know what? He did. Um, the White Sox signed Kian Wong, um, and tonight he had his first hit in RBI in Charlotte. Um, I haven't looked since we started stream. I haven't looked to see what has transpired there since uh, we took off, but... Um, He's doing, you know, he's doing something in Charlotte. I don't know what that's going to amount to. Probably not a whole lot, but hey, you know what? It's uh, it's depth for when Remillard and you know Popeye get brought up, and you've got I think uh, injuries. Kenny Williams probably thought he was getting Colton. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, so uh, after the game that Lance Lynn had, where he struck out sixteen. And the White Sox still lost. Uh, apparently, his hope died because he got put on the bereavement list. Um, <laughs> oh, no. uh, Romy Gonzalez, I mean, sorry, I, I had to. Know, there has to be a joke made, you know, made he's, with he's that. He's bereaved, but you know, we're not we're not trying to. Oh, I'm not making jokes about anything that he's having, any actual right. personal issues he's having. But as a White Sox fan, you know. Um, oh, six four, White Sox. Aaron losing. Bummer comes into the game and uh, does Aaron Bummer things with men on base. Gives up two. Good night. Um, 
Well, Romy Gonzalez goes on the 10-day IL with uh, right shoulder inflammation. He's only been in uh, limited roles, uh, pinch hitting as of late. Um, And, uh, you know, so they finally put him onto the IL and letting him have some time. Uh, Jimmy Lambert is back from the 15-day IL. Uh, Garrett Crochet put on the 15-day IL with uh, shoulder inflammation as well. So you've got right shoulder inflammation for Romy and left shoulder inflammation for Garrett. So that's uh, awesome. But, um, yeah, so we've got uh, Jose Rodriguez just rotting on the uh, on the bench, apparently. Um He's been. This is his second day up, and uh, has yet to see the light of day. So we'll see what uh, see what happens here. Maybe at some point he'll even like pinch run or something. You know, I, you know, I, maybe, or maybe they just decided he was getting too hot. It was time to cool him off, as uh, they've been known to do. What you sipping on there, man? Uh, it's a little root beer or something. Looks like new. it's an IBC. This is uh, Victory Sour Monkey. It is oh. a uh, sour triple. It's uh, we have decided to. Uh, oh, it's up time our game this evening. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not up in game. I'm I'm throwing up the. Uh, I'm throwing up. I'm waving the white flag. This team has yeah. uh, put me to it. Yeah, I'm I'm there. Uh I am not partaking this evening only because of uh the state of affairs for my uh you know, just life in general the last four or five days. I'm exhausted and really don't I don't think I'll make it through the stream if I have a, a cocktail. But uh <laughs> yeah, let's just say that uh I'm with you, man. I could uh I could find myself fall down drunk watching this team on a fairly regular basis. Yeah, said you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. Um, yeah, no, it's been it's been pretty pretty brutal, man. Uh, you know, uh, earlier today, uh, our very own Logan Hart in the group chat said, "Hey, good luck with the stream tonight." <laughs> He's like, <laughs> "This is like the got to be the most difficult thing to do a podcast on." At this point, and I was like, we've been there for over a year at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad he recognizes uh, our our struggles to, uh, you know, try to put together some kind of quality content here. But I mean, to be honest, man, as, as a White Sox fan first and a podcaster and streamer second, uh, it's been difficult. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about this before where this is kind of just a form of therapy for the two of us out here, you know, venting our frustrations. But uh, in reality, you know, we've always kind of tried to keep it light and, and you know, on the positive side. Yeah, That's the most difficult part of doing this. I this mean, yeah, this course, year it is. You know, we, uh, you know, we, we say our piece. But we try to do it in a in a, a politically correct way. And I'll be honest with you, I'm done biting my tongue. They suck. Plain and simple. They're hot garbage. The entire organization, the team. You know, we can we can 
you know, and it's not just with the baseball product on the field. It's it's the organization as a whole. The stadium experience is the worst I've had in years. And I've been to a handful of games this year, and I'm like, do I even – I have six more tickets that I need to use before the end of the season. I just can't – I'm like, do I really want to waste the time? Because I almost feel like that's how it is. It's It's not all that enjoyable to be at the stadium for me lately. You know, you got to fight lines to get in just to get in on time. You get in there and half the concession stands are either closed or out of stuff or they're telling you come back later because the food is frozen. I, I mean, literally, I was told the food's frozen. We have to thaw it before we can fix it. And then that stand never makes them open. You know, um, and, and I'm not talking about just on giveaway days here. I'm talking about we went to a game on a family Sunday where you would think, okay, family Sundays usually generate a pretty decent crowd. You'd you'd think you would be prepared with the staff and 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 the concessions and getting things in order. You're talking about the future fans of your ball club when these folks are bringing their children to family Sunday. No, nope. no preparedness whatsoever. Just. Total garbage. Security lines suck. You know, concession stands are closed. Uh, giveaways are they're, they're running out of, you know, the giveaways for checking in at the ballpark. They're, you know, it, it's. And, it, you know, they're, they're changing the tailgate rules, which was one of the things that really got me was, you know, that was one of the big things that distinguishes the north side from the south side is there's no tailgating experience at the north side. They've got a neighborhood full of bars within, you know, steps of the gates of the field. And tailgating has always been one of the big things that has made the White Sox experience a pleasant one. And they're doing everything they can to kind of take away from that as well, too. So as a fan, it's difficult from from the minute I even decide that I'm going to go to a specific game, you know. And then you, you, when you do get there and you deal with all that stuff, and then you watch Michael Kopech give up seven home runs in the home opener, and you watch uh, the team give up uh, uh, 10 runs in one inning. And I was at both of those games, unfortunately. You know, I'm sorry, man. I'm done pulling punches. Yep. Figure it out. This is a horribly run organization and a bunch of baseball players that don't seem to care enough to get it all together. I mean, even sorry, the ones that do. I mean, let's talk about uh, our our guy here who just uh, struck out Jake Berger. Uh, his last ten games, <laughs> not including sorry, tonight. Go ahead. I'm la- I'm sorry. I'm laughing at uh, Grimtall says in the chat. Did uh, White Sox daily sign James uh, Jim, James Fegan yet? Hey, I'd like to extend an open invitation if James Fegan wants to come and write for White Sox daily. We've got all sorts of uh, all sorts of open open stuff for yeah, you. Yeah, we need we need to get some of that copy going. You know, oh man, <laughs> that guy can. That's one thing that guy can do is churn out copy. Um, Absolutely. So in Jake Berger's last ten games, forty at bats. Jake Berger is hitting one fifty. Yeah, he's got six hits. Three of which are home runs, one single and two doubles. He's got one walk and twenty strikeouts. Yeah, he's pressing. He wants to put everything on his shoulders. I mean, I guess. 
but he's got a 60 WRC plus. Um, yeah, I mean, it's that's bad, you know, regardless of whether you're pressing. I mean, obviously, he's going, he's slumping. Um, but you know, his season long numbers aren't really, you know, there's what he's hitting, uh, before today, he's at uh, 236, 292, 445. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, yeah. two, you know, 239, 287, 572. So his, like, his slugging is what's keeping him above water, really. Yeah. I mean, not that you didn't know that, but. <laughs> I mean, if anybody watching a last game didn't know that, uh, you're obviously not paying attention. But, you know, the, the crazy thing is, is I can see him being, you know, the single all-star representative chosen from this White Sox baseball team uh, only because of that slugging. Because, you know, fortunately for us as White Sox fans, the rule still remains that there has to be at least one player from every team <laughs> representing at the oh, all-star game. Look at that. Hey, Popeye coming pinch in. Pinch runner, run. Jose Rodriguez. There is his major league debut as a pinch runner for Yasmani Grandel, who just got a single. And he looks happy to be there. He sure yeah. does. I mean, Lots if you're going to pinch run too. for anybody, <laughs> it's got to be Yasmani. Yeah. I think so. I think I absolutely think that Jose Rodriguez, if they were in a foot race, would pass Yasmani Grandal in between first and second if he started at the same time as him. <laughs> oh, yes. Tim Anderson, pinch hitting, zero for three with a K career pinch hitting. Well, let's see how this works out. This uh, might be the most brilliant stroke of genius of all time. Uh, he could also roll over and hit it to third base. We'll see. We waited with. Uh, we're waiting with uh, anticipation. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, sure. Something needs to jumpstart this guy because he hasn't. He's been. Fairly terrible, and you know, like the the thing is, like you know, like we already had our uh, our our TA um, pylon right. party, you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, we're still waiting for him to finally start swinging the bat with some authority and not just you know terrible at bats and rolling over the ball all the time. Let's see something nice. Yeah, I agree. Lantern Joyer, good evening, first off. Uh, second says in the chat, somehow it's a travesty on White Sox Twitter if he's put lower in the order. And I believe he's going back to uh, Jake Berger. Oh, I mean, well, you can talk about Jake Berger. You can talk about T.A. You could be talking about either or, you know? Yeah, and it's a tr- yeah. if you mention that on White Sox Twitter, either one of them dropping, but either one of them, you know, deep into the order is that's apparently uh bad juju that, that yes. is uh you're you're putting some kind of stank and voodoo on that tweet you know what i mean because it's bringing out all the naysayers and all everybody who wants to uh you know cuss out your mama and everything man yeah if you want to move ta out of first or if you don't want to hit jake burger second your days are numbered yep 
Yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But then again, you know, my thought is, is who do you put in those spots? None of them are really doing anything. It doesn't matter. You can, I feel like, you know, and that's another thing. When, when Pedro Gavall gets hit with these, you know, lineup questions, honestly, you can pick a name out of a hat nine times to uh, fill your, uh, your lineup. I don't think it would make much of a difference with these guys. Although, you know, the offense does get rolling here every now and again. Well, he, at least he didn't hit into a double play. He grounds That's, out to the second baseman. <laughs> Popeye Rodriguez saved his behind from uh, ending the inning because he was off to the races to get. The yeah, he base. had the the briefest of major league debuts right there. Who's no Popeye's still out oh, there? No, I guess he's still out there. You're right. You're right. He's he, out there. He he he. They didn't even make a play to second. Yeah, he's fast it, enough that it didn't uh, that it didn't count. So that is true. Yeah, he, he was blazing to second base. Didn't even want to make a play on him. So now we've got second and third with two outs in the bottom of the eighth, and uh, everybody's favorite, Elvis. You know, he did hit a home run tonight, and he if did he get could a base leave the hit. Building again, it'd be very fantastic, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not holding my breath with his whole two dingers on the season to this point. No, I, I mean, even if he got a hit, I'd be shocked. I mean, uh, multi-hit game, I'd be shocked. Yeah, well, base hit ties it. So, you know, let's keep our fingers crossed here. Yeah, you know, you sure. know, you were talking a little bit about uh, our. White Sox daily chat amongst ourselves and, and, you know, Logan Hart saying good luck with the, uh, the stream tonight. I think my response to that was basically, I think it's going to be a short one because <laughs> it's going to be like, they suck. The players suck. The team sucks. The stadium sucks. The end. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't think the building itself is all that terrible. I can deal no, with it. The, the, hey, look at oh, that multi-hit game. And Jose and Rodriguez, look at that, paying scores. dividends. Nice. Look at that. Game. Tie ball game in the bottom of the eighth. How do you like that? So that'll go down as a single and a fielder's choice on the throw to home for Popeye. Yep. And Andrews takes second on that one. So the single brings in two. I think, uh, you know, Elvis. I got to say, I think that this team probably has like the uh, – the record amount of roster spots eaten up by people who should be pinch runners. <laughs> you know, yeah, I guess so. Or utility players. I mean, I'm not saying that you know Popeye should be, but uh, you know Elvis Andrews. Um, I mean, with how many roster spots have been eaten up this year, and that's no disrespect to Zach Remillard either, because in reality, he should be a utility player. Hey, Look at that. It's a rally. Uh, and he's going to get thrown out at home. On, he's gone. You know, I mean, I, to me, it looks like his hand got in there before he got tagged. But we'll I was going to say, I think they're going to look at it. I mean, bottom of the eighth, it'll you be, might as well. Yeah. Pedro will, will go ahead and challenge it, but it'll be like 10 seconds too late on the challenge timer. Yeah, he's safe. Looks I like it, right? got the arm in there. Yeah, I would I say it's difficult to say from that angle because the umpire was in there. But here we go. No, he's out. Oh yeah, there. See, that's that's he... where the Romy Gonzalez, Elvis Andrews thing 
Oh, yeah, that's where it is. Yep. If that was Romy Romy Gonzalez, he would already been in the dugout. Oh, fine eyelash. Yep. Oh well. Well, at least the ball game's tied here. We're going into the top of the ninth. We'll see who they bring out to pitch the ninth. But, uh, I mean, you know, maybe yeah. the stocks will get a hold and. Yeah, at Ladder Enjoyer says Elvis Revenge Game. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, sort of, but like my, you know, thing that I will say is is that I don't trust the bullpen coming out. It could be somebody that hasn't given up a run since last season and has been perfect for 35, 45 appearances. It just wouldn't matter. You know, they're going to give up the uh, the lead and then, the, you know, the offense can't score any runs. And sorry to be that guy, but uh, right now I'm just feeling like that guy. Yeah, you know what? I mean, there's really nothing. I mean, sure, it's exciting to watch them tie the game, but there's nothing beyond that that tells me there's going to be a push for a win. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, I guess that we should wait till 81 games, but I think that a 100% polarized switch, a polarity switch of going from being the positive, trying to be the overly positive guys, we should be the overly negative guys for the last 81 games of the season. Yeah, I don't think I can wait that long. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think I can wait to 81 games. I mean, we're creeping up on it here, but I'm pretty much there at this point now. So, uh, yeah, screw that. You, they suck. They're pretty terrible. They absolutely suck. Like I said early in the in the stream here, they find new ways to lose games all the hey, time. Hey, they scored. <laughs> the I challenge got overturned. <laughs> How hashtag I, I LOL no Wowzers. This is the moment that turns the season wow. around. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. You were here. We haven't even turned oh. full heel yet. And it's oh, already it's comes. already working out. Holy cow, how did that get overturned? Wowzers. Grimtall says manager of the year. Oh, Don't you yep. dare question Griffal. Makes the lineup okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Holy cow! How did that get overturned? I mean, I have no idea. It. I mean, it was obvious to me. Oof. Yeah, you I take mean, that win. Apparently, that's that's <laughs> one of those uh, camera <laughs> angles that New York has that we don't. <laughs> Bruce Bochy's gonna lose his mind. Holy cow! Oh, yeah, he's he's wow. uh, he's gotten the toss, and now he's. He's still staying in there. They're trying get to get your money's up. worth. But I, I mean, oh, I do a little rip leading lip. Oh yeah, you don't want to do that and, right uh, now. I cannot repeat that. Yeah, uh, on stream. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, they're all watching it on the big screen, and uh, you know, since that scoreboard has been replaced a few years back now, it's quite a large screen, and uh, I think they got a pretty good look. I mean, besides themselves. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea how that got overturned, but, uh, you know, here we go. I mean, in real time, I thought, yeah, challenge it. But after watching the replay, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. And then they call them safe. 
you know what? I'll 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 take being wrong every now and again, man. The season is saved. We're going to the World Series. You know, it's funny how that happens, right? Because this, I'm waiting to see White Sox Twitter this evening. Because <laughs> how many times has it happened? You know, after the ten run game, the ten run inning game, uh, it was the following series where the White Sox come out and they win a series, and then they get a series sweep and they win another series, and they was like four series in a row where they they won the series and everybody was like this is it that was the moment it was it, it's, a, it's a season turnaround and then you know somebody else gets hurt and somebody else starts playing like crap and the bats go dead and the pitching's awesome and they can't win a game how and dare you another, i mean how many times have you heard it this season where that was it that's the one that's going to turn it around <laughs> so. yep yeah, manager oh, of the year. Same. Manager of the year. Manager of the year. One and done. <laughs> <laughs> well, Charlie Montoyo did it, so why not? Yeah, I guess so. I didn't even make it the whole season, did he? No, he made it the whole season. He got fired the next the next year, uh, about yeah, like a month year. in, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it was one point, like one point one and done. Well, I'll tell you, this is uh this is it's been an interesting chat, to say the least. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is is I come into this thing blind. I don't know what you're gonna bring up. I missed four games, four nights of baseball. And uh the funny thing is is I still am not without things to talk about i mean you know like you've seen you know you see the highlights you've heard people complaining regardless of whether you had internet you came back if you were oh, doing I know. if you're doing the stream from up there that actually probably would have been awesome because you'd be like i have no idea what's going on up there uh or down there and uh really catch you off guard but yeah no such luck you get to see this stuff just like just like we do oh yeah yeah sure do you know thank god for the the interwebs and uh all the uh white Sox twitter and the articles that uh, get posted on social media and i you know it's probably part of the reason why I haven't had anything to add to copy is because I just, I say I'm going to write something for the website and then I watch this crap and I'm like, I lose all interest in spending extra time out of my life to write something down. Yeah. Why do that when I can come here and spill it all out to you? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, generally like, you know, the awful play, by the team will sap any kind of motivation, at least for me. It saps any kind of motivation out of, like, uh, trying to write something. Um, it's just like a, like a, the, the biggest buzzkill. Just, you know, watching these games and just being deflated after every game. And, you know, the one way it makes jokes about uh, losing losing podcast you know like losing how many podcasts did you lose with that uh with that awful performance that just uh lost the game and you know it's like i don't want to stop streaming or podcasting 
No, I still enjoy doing that. I just certainly don't want to take the time to write it out about why I'm disappointed. (laughs) Well, yeah, because you know I actually have to think. Oh, oh man, that was almost uh, that was almost home run number two. That's one thing we also didn't celebrate on here yet. Andrew Benintendi's first home run. What a triumph! And the race between Andrew Benintendi and Tim Anderson to get there first in over a year or the first of this season. Yeah. I'm wondering if TA makes it over the amount that Benintendi had gone. I think it was like 30. They were, they had like a 30 AB disparity between the two of them. I think it was like roughly around that. I wouldn't be shocked if TA makes it to, uh, Benintendi's number, which I think was around like 240 something, 250 something. Before he hits his next, I, you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if he goes far well beyond that, the way he's uh, been powerless for quite some time now. Mm. You know, I, I really do hope that he puts it together. I really hope that, uh, you know, he, uh, he finds whatever it is that, you know, he's looking for to, uh, make himself feel good about playing on the, on the South side. You know, we talked about that uh, podcast that he did uh, the pivot a couple, was that a week and a half ago or so now? Uh, And he just sounded kind of without saying it specifically, he just signed it. He sounded a little discontented during that thing. Uh, And, uh, you know, I hope he finds whatever it is that he's looking for uh, here in Chicago in, in this season sometime very soon. But I'm just not convinced that he's going to. I just feel like his, his head and his heart are in the right place right now. And you can't say the things that he said and expect us to not go, hey, man, you sound like a doofus. Because <laughs> you do. Yeah. I got a question for you. you. Know? If, and you know, this is obviously complete hypothetical. And we won't have to worry about it because it'll never happen. But uh, say Jose Rodriguez starts off like your mean did. Oh, boy. And it's hitting like 500 for the first month that he's playing while T.A. rehabs in his uh, his whatever phantom injury, his, his hurt feelings that he had from the <laughs> other day. Um, and, uh, you know... Popeye's got like a 1400 OPS plus and, uh, you know, like a 170, 180 WRC plus. Say that happens for like the first month that he's playing and TA is healthy three and a half weeks into it. He's like, all right, I'm ready to come back. What do you do? Well,. Uh, I've been saying it for a while. I, I even tweeted that I was on uh beef loaf side that I want the white. I want, I really do want the white Sox to be buyers instead of sellers at the deadline. But, uh, you know, oh, unfortunately I say Rodriguez stays in at second base. Nice. Unfortunately, I, you know, I'm starting to feel more and more like that. You know, maybe this inevitable sell off might become a thing. Uh, and for a while there, I was thinking it wouldn't, although, you know, then again, they're still in it in this God awful division. So maybe they will be, but if there is a sell-off, I would think that Tim Anderson, 
saying that, you know, making the comments that he made about, uh, you know, maybe if the White Sox want me to be here, yeah, cool. If they don't, that's fine too. Like, just tells me he doesn't really want to be here. Uh, yeah. The thing is, is, uh, he's also got a, a team friendly extension. So do you keep him for that money? Or do you let a hot Popeye Rodriguez hang around? Do you, you know, let a rehabbing Lenin Sosa who just came back and is now uh, playing again? I think what tonight was his first game back, wasn't it? Who's that? From his Lenin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tonight was his, yeah, since uh, June, his last game played was June 1st. So it's been like two and a half weeks. You know, or, you know, maybe if Romy Gonzalez starts to uh, put it back together again. You know, I don't know. Both of those guys are on rookie contracts. So the team-friendly deal with Tim doesn't really mean anything. But the fact that, uh, you know, he has had a past and maybe that uh, some teams feel like maybe it's it's all in his head because he doesn't like playing on the south side, he might have some value in a trade. Difficult question to answer you propose there, Ian. I really don't know. Hard-hitting questions, not, you know? Yeah, I would rather not see him get sat like your mean did. Uh, there are still folks out there, including myself, to think that was a travesty. How that whole thing played out, I would have. It was tough. Know, nobody can say. Nobody can say what what really could have been. But man, there were some flashes of some really good stuff going on there, and uh, you know, I guess we'll never know at this point, right? So yeah, I mean, that's one of those things, you know, like when when that whole thing went down, um, you know, it pretty much just derailed his entire career you know so it's unfortunate and uh like he said we'll we'll never know no we sure won't but you know he's over there across the pond uh you know hitting dingers three and a half miles and i'm sure he's probably enjoying life he's getting paid pretty pretty well to be there so good for him but uh you know as a Sox fan and watching that historic start that he had the first month and a half of the season, uh, you just kind of, I, I wanted to see what was going to pan out. And I feel like they just gave up on him too soon. Yeah. Shocker. I mean, you know, like the, the issue that, and, and this is one thing that, you know, same thing with, uh, with Jose Rodriguez, when, you know, like in general, you know, the, the issue is, is that they, are delusional enough or the division is bad enough that they can convince themselves that they're just one winning streak away from going into the playoffs and being contenders. And the the whole thing around. Yeah. And the, the issue with that is that because that's a thing, when it comes time for a Lenin Sosa or, um, or Romy Gonzalez, or Jose Rodriguez, or Oscar Colas to get some extended looks and consistent at bats, and that takes the next step in their development. You know exactly, yeah. and they can't get the guy consistent at bats because they're like, we can't go without that offense in that particular spot. Now, n- never mind that. The seven or eight starters that you have in the lineup every day aren't producing, but all of a sudden, the kid that you bring up that you're trying to get ABs for and see if he's any good, 
you can't afford to give them any ABs. No, we've got to give, you know, Tim Anderson his ABs so he can hit 230. That's very important. We got to have, you know, I mean, it's just it's Yoan know, so annoying. Wonky back, you know, getting every at bat that he can get. You got to have washed up 35 year old Elvis Andrews play every single game that he possibly can at second base, a position that, which by the way, he didn't play until this season. <laughs> and he's not very good at if you look at the defensive <laughs> metrics and the fact that he's also not hitting besides the fact that, yes, he did hit today and just scored that phantom run that he was definitely out at home right. plate with. And we can keep traipsing out, you know, every DH in the system in right field. That stuff's you know. important, but getting hey, and there, look at that. Popeye gets the final out of the game. And the White Sox bring home a winner. How do you like that? Good for him. All right, Popeye. Yeah, a, as I am uh, poo-pooing on uh, Elvis Andrews here, uh, <laughs> he played a big role tonight. <laughs> as we're just sitting here just talking Three bad RBI about game. everybody on the team. Congratulations, Popeye. Congratulations, Zach Remillard. Um, You also did something awesome in this game. Um, You know, and, you know, I have to say, you know, this is one thing that I had brought up on on Twitter in a uh, conversation with people is just how awesome is it to have guys that are fundamentally sound and look like they enjoy playing baseball and that they want to be there. Yeah, all smiles from these guys. Amazing. Enjoying their moment. You know, Jose Rodriguez comes into a, 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 a game where you're it's late in the game and you're down two runs, and he's just happy to be making his MLB debut. He doesn't care that it's a losing effort. Just happy to be here. Hey, they won. And I'm going to go out there. They won. I'm going to go out there and run my ass off <laughs> to try to get this win. Uh... And they did, and they won. See now, they you won. know when Grimtall's when Grimtall's talking about quitters and defeatists, that's exactly what he's talking about, Danny. You are a defeatist, <laughs> losing effort. Get out of here. Game of the year, Grimtall says. That's well, what I'm saying. At, at the point, at the point of, at the point of when he came in, tie ball. Or no, actually, they were down two. I'm sorry. Trade that's him for I mean. a veteran. Grimtall says, trade him for a veteran. And Juki Hollick says, Zach Grinky. Good night. You know, I actually. And hey, by you, the way, well, welcome, Juki. Yeah, in a while. good to see you, Juki. Uh, you know, I had actually made that. I had actually had that thought myself that that was exactly the kind of move that the White Sox would make because Griffal, Kansas City ties, Zach Grinky, playoff contender. I could I could completely see the White Sox doing something like that and just trying to run it back and giving away like some. You know, piece that doesn't seem like it would be anything. And, of course, you know, you know, five years down the road, it would be some 18-year-old that they would trade, and he would end up being, you know, I don't know, at least a serviceable piece on their team that would uh, annoy White Sox fans for several years. Yeah. But why would why would the White Sox want a lefty starter? Yeah, they apparently don't believe in lefty starters anymore, so. Oh, so Juki Hollick says, Bo Jackson went to the Sox and was great there also. I wouldn't say that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed Bo's time with the White Sox, but if you look at his numbers, his numbers weren't really all that spectacular. I mean, 
he was a shell of his yeah. former self, lost uh, a bunch of his speed. Um, so he wasn't all that great. And he did make one great throw. I will give him that. Um, cool. And he Laser. did, you know, he hit, he hit some, some pretty decent, uh, he did hit some pretty decent home runs. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't terrible. I'm not saying he's terrible, but I mean, you know, it was you know, I wish that he was Kansas City Royals Bo Jackson. I mean, heck, I even wish he was Ra- Los Angeles Raiders Bo Jackson and watch him run over some catchers. That would have been fun. <laughs> yeah, uh visions of Ray Fossey dancing through my head. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, I think it, Bo Jackson was fun to watch while he was here. Don't you, you know? Again, I'm with you on that, but it wasn't the most illustrious of baseball appearances. No, you know, he did some better things in some other organizations. And uh, as Grimtall points out, that team was garbage yep. when Bo was here. You know, it he he was here to sell tickets. That it was his main job as a as a white size player. Uh, you know, and that kind of brings to mind, like, what are, you know, these other guys that, that came around, like the Albert Bell signing, everybody talks about, you know, oh, it was the biggest deal in White Sox history at the time. It was the largest deal in MLB baseball at the time or whatever it was. It was. Yeah, it was. You know, and they hung on to him for an entire season. But, I mean, he had a great year that year. Uh, why they let him go, I have no idea. Other than the fact that hey, we just don't want to pay you that money that we signed. That was you exactly to. it. He didn't feel like he paying earned him every dollar. I'll he say that. I mean, he had a he had a fantastic season. Yeah, fantastic season. And everybody who watched the White Sox was like, "Yeah, no, are you kidding me? He's gone already." Yeah, yeah it's like the White Sox is White Soxiest of White Soxy things. <laughs> yeah, and here I, we are. How many years later? Talking about the same kind of organizational moves. It's oh, anywho, I feel like we have just gone off the rails this last half hour. To, yeah, it's fine. Premium podcast. It's totally fine. Um, but I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that the uh, the chat seems to be having a good time. Yeah, no, and hey, hey, they got a, we got a, we got a White Sox winner. Um, we did managed a White Sox winner. Um. Somehow I seem to, uh, as I'm sitting here looking at Bo Jackson's numbers, I just wanted to uh, re-acquaint uh, myself single. with the White Sox numbers for uh, Bo Jackson. 107 OPS plus in 91, mm. um, nothing in 92, and then in 93 he had a 94 OPS plus. Um, you know, he did hit a few home runs. and But one thing I don't, and I I completely spaced this. Um, it must have just been because of this time period in my life that it was uh, 1994 and I had graduated. So probably like the second half of 1994, just because of going into the workforce and all that stuff and doing all that stuff. That I completely forgot he played for the Angels for the last half of his uh, last half of season of his career. Oh, his see, last season. Too. His last season. Sorry. But you you know, again, same reason. Nineteen ninety four, uh, I graduated high school and a month later I was uh in boot camp for the United States Navy. So uh I do remember, you know, we would get Sunday papers every now and again. We'd get updates or they'd let us turn on a radio. 
and me being the uh, the guy in my company from Chicago while I'm in boot camp up at right here at Great Lakes, you know, and they kind of made me the guy that was in charge of the radio and finding the right radio stations and getting updates on the season and uh, how the White Sox were rolling. You know, I did forget that uh, he was with the Angels, you know, especially with the uh, strike shortened season. Yeah, and and it was the the strikes. And the guy had a 117 OPS plus that year. So he was better than he had been with the White Sox. I mean, granted, it was only half the year, but, you know, then he retired. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And the chat's going on and on about uh, Jose, <laughs> Jose Canseco up here in in Chicago. Uh, Wolf, you know that's a, you I, know he, what uh, we need to have uh, a you know just one pod just talking about like all those just weird, terrible White Sox beyond. signings. Yeah, beyond their prime uh, yeah. superstars. Ken Griffey Jr., Ruben Sierra, Jose Canseco, Bo Jackson. Uh, we just that's that seems like a great those, one man, to have. Real, honestly, I mean, they give us plenty of ammunition. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they've signed so <laughs> many of those guys that we would have absolutely no shortage of guys to. Oh, Ellis Burks, good one. Um, Ellis Burks. Yeah, maybe you know yeah. what? We'll plan on doing that. Uh, Maybe next week. Sure. That sounds like a good yeah. one to a good one to do. So I think it would be a lot of fun, actually. Chris Sabo. Um, at Daily yeah. White Sox on Twitter, he had he had a, a much tougher time uh, in his life after. Well, baseball. luckily for him, he had some sweet protective glasses. Um, oh, the best man! White Sox Daily dot substack dot com. Um, we have a Facebook page. We have a YouTube page. You will find this in, uh, the video stream portion of this. Uh, you will find that on the YouTubes. Uh, we will also be releasing the, this in podcast form. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, thanks for coming in and hanging out in the chat guys. Um, was there a GM that lost his job in the middle of the 2010s with the White Sox? Gee, yeah. uh, One Kenny could Williams, only be so lucky. Got, Kenny Williams got promoted. Yeah, Rick Hahn got his, uh, got his. I think 2012. He was the uh, promoted. Yeah, to, he to wasn't GM. really. Yeah, he wasn't really handed the keys to being the GM. I think until like 2015. I want to say the real so keys. 14. He just had 14, those uh, those plastic keys that you give to a toddler until then. But then after that, they actually gave him the real keys. Yeah, I mean, said uh, by some pretty credible sources that Kenny Williams was still pulling the strings after, uh, you know, after he was promoted to uh, president of baseball operations. And uh, Rick Khan, you know, took over as GM, but. Yeah, no, unfortunately, there was not a White Sox GM that was let go uh, a- any time in recent history. <laughs> Sorry, Rick, if you're listening. Don't mean to talk bad about you, but uh, it's been a rough couple of years. Uh, my name is Ian Eskridge. For my co-host, the Danny Miller, you guys have a great night. Uh, check our Twitter to see when we're going to be streaming next. Should be next Tuesday. 
I'm hoping. Yeah, or I mean, I Monday. don't see why not at yeah. this point in time, but life comes at you fast. It really does. It's been a very busy, busy last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, thanks for coming to hang out, guys, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Have a good night. Thanks. Bye.